Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. My name is Marty Plum, and I am your host of a Pen and a Napkin podcast, a weekly coaching clinic you can carry around with you in your pocket. Welcome back to our interview podcast, and this week, episode number 193, we have Dave Schlaubach. The head men's basketball coach at Cornell University, not Cornell University in Iowa, not in Ithaca, New York. I think it's Ithaca, New York. Is it, you would probably know that, isn't it? Isn't it? It, it is. It yeah. is Ithaca, yeah. New York. So, and as a Briarcliff guy, Dave's got some Morningside stuff in his blood a little bit. I'm going to forgive him for the next hour or so because, uh, you know, I've I've seen through that type of thing. No, I'm just kidding here, David. It's 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 uh, uh, the rivalry never dies, you know. So, uh, but no, no Coach Slabaugh, really excited to have him on here today. Uh, before we get going with Coach, uh, we want to thank our founding sponsor, Cosac Chiropractic, located at 144th and Maple here in Omaha. Coaches, if you or any of your athletes are struggling with balance, neck, or spinal issues, don't hesitate to go see Dr. Kevin or Dr. Heidi. Go check out their practice at Cosac. Cairo.com, K-O-S-A-K-C-H-I-R-O.com. Follow us on Twitter at a pen and a napkin. We try to put out daily coaching tidbits on the Twitter handle, so be sure to follow us there. If you're listening, download, rate, review. Give us a five-star review on iTunes. It is greatly appreciated. When you do that type of stuff, people look in, hmm, I want to listen to a podcast about coaching basketball. And I know it's a niche, but it is a niche that people are interested in. So when they type that in, a pen and a napkin pops up, and they check it out. So be sure to do that. So uh, any questions, comments, suggestions, or ideas, email me at penandanapkin at gmail.com. And check out a penandanapkin.com. It's a really good coaching website. Thousands of pages of notes and different things on there. Videos, all sorts of different things. Go check it out there. So, Dave Schlaubach, how are you doing this fine Saturday morning, my friend? I'm doing well. It's uh, everything's going well here at uh, beautiful Cornell College, and uh, it's uh, it's getting close to uh, season starting, and so it's it's been a busy month for sure. Yeah, you uh, you have you have been running around uh, like a uh, like I told you before here, like a one legged man in a butt kicking contest. You have been busy, <laughs> busy, busy. Uh, you know that's. Uh, uh, it's it's a it's a blessing to have so many people want a, a little bit of a piece of you, uh, but also it's it's got to be a lot to uh, to to go through. Um, you know how's how's you know you you've been tell us give us like your last two or three weeks of your schedule here just to give folks uh, a little bit of a peek behind the the curtain here as to even at the division three level you guys are 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 really really uh, you got you got a lot going on you got a lot of irons in the fire. Yeah, it's been it's been a busy start to the school year, and um, um, it's it's you know we're getting we're getting a lot done. We've got some things going on. We're just kind of preparing for the season. So our guys have been in uh, school started. You know, we're just finishing. We're a block system here, so we just finished uh, block one, and we're in a five day block break. So got about half the team is still on campus. Half was a good time to get home and see their families, but. We have so many kids from all over the country. Is it sometimes it's kind of hard, or got international kids too? It's hard for them to all get home, but mm-hmm. but a bunch did. So we've been trying to get everybody uh, kind of going in the right direction. With uh, we've got a bunch of new kids. Uh, the the veterans are great with their leadership. Uh, so we've been doing a lot of that. The lifting three days a week, um, preparing for the practices. Uh, we we do have some preseason practices this year for the first time. The NCAA is letting. Let Division three schools have eight practices before we start. You know, mm-hmm. you, 
you know, you you would hate to, you would hate to think that uh, Division One and Two can do about uh, forty of them or whatever. And you know, we finally get eight, so we're 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 moving up, and uh, which is which is good. So we've been super busy with the first part of school. Last couple of weeks has been been busy with uh, we've got an elite camp tomorrow here on campus. Uh, uh, last week I was uh, uh, was at a book signing on a Friday. For, uh, Coach Don Showalter has a new book out. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a wonderful book. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of one of our former players when we were together at Mid Prairie High School, and I was uh, Coach Show's assistant. Uh, Jordan Montgomery does a great job. Uh, he put together a book signing. I suppose there's 125 people there, maybe a little bit more. Uh, I was down at uh, a place in, in Iowa City. It went really well, and that was a week ago, Friday. And then off to Cleveland, Coach Showalter and myself went to uh, USA Basketball, had a coach academy in Cleveland at St. Anne's High School. And so it's kind of a busy weekend. We were out there from Friday through Sunday and uh, got a chance to speak on Sunday uh, with Coach Showalter. We did a, a whole morning session, which was fun. Uh, then right back in, and we've had recruits on campus. Had one again yesterday. So, yeah, it just seems like it. Uh, it seems like it doesn't stop, and uh, so it's it's been good at this time of year. That that uh, it's easy to get up in the morning. Um, you know, we're close. It's yep. like it's like Christmas. It's it's just about here. You know, I think there's, Marty. I think there's a couple of days a year that you know, other than like your holiday with your families. Um, but I think when the freshmen come for the first day, you know, when they move in, I, that's, that's always like a, like a big day for us when the newcomers arrive on campus for the first time. And then a first day of practice is just like anticipation and builds and uh, you're never quite ready for it, but you get as close. I think as long as we've coached, we probably can figure it out, yep. but, uh, yep. uh, but, but we're sure working on a lot of things right now to make sure we're prepared for it. Yep. Well, let's, uh, Dave. Let's go through your uh, let's go through your background for folks that aren't familiar with you and and all that you've done. Uh, tell us about your your basketball journey and and uh, how you ended up as the men's basketball coach at Cornell College here in Mount Vernon. Well, uh, it's it's uh, it's a long journey, okay. and uh, uh, we I, I when I talked to the USA Basketball Academy last Sunday. Uh, Coach Showalter spoke first. I spoke second. Then we did a bunch of stuff together. We we had about a four hour session with uh, uh, with probably thirty coaches. They kept over for the Saturday part of it. Uh, and I told him, I said, you know, I just got done. You know, I'm following Coach Showalter, who you know, Marty, you know very well as well. He just one one of the best in the business and one of the best ambassadors the games probably has right now. And uh, and I said, so here I go. I got to speak after Coach Show, and and I said, uh, you know, he, he's he's kind of he's kind of like a uh, he's kind of like a Lexus, and I'm kind of like a Ford Fusion, you know. So I felt like, uh, I, you know, I felt like uh, I was following uh, uh, someone that was going to have a really great talk. But I also told the coaches there that that I was fortunate enough. It's like. I don't play the lottery, but I did once uh-huh. and I won the first time I did it. Uh-huh. And that's why I got to the head of the line and became coach Schwalter's assistant when I was like 22 years old. Yeah. So it's like winning the lottery early yeah. in my career. Yeah, absolutely. And, and all, all that's done is set me up to have a chance to work really hard. And I think have a, 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 
a pretty good career in coaching. Um, so as a young, as a young guy, I, I was, uh, on the bench with, with, with coach at mid Prairie high school. We had some great teams. Uh, from there, uh, I knew I wanted to be a college coach. Uh, I, I was lucky enough to get on at Iowa lakes, uh, community college up in Esterville and two great years there. Some of the best memories I'll ever have in coaching was, was, uh, working for Bob Krems, uh, getting a chance to, to, to live in his basement, uh, <laughs> you know, eat in the cafeteria, all those things you got to do when you're, when you're getting, uh, when you're getting that first job. Yep. Uh, from there, I went, from there, I went to Morningside college and, um, I, I was lucky to, uh, to, to get a chance to be there. I, I, I had a, a real brief stint at Sam Houston state kind of in between, uh, didn't, didn't seem like the right fit. And so I kind of changed course fairly quickly and ended up being at Morningside. Uh, that was back when Morningside was D two. Yep. And, uh, you remember the days, uh, great, great matchups with, with coach Nackey's Briar cliff teams and, yeah, but, uh, unbelievable, unbelievable competition, you know, yep. with, University of South Dakota, North Dakota, North Dakota State, South Dakota State, you know, Augie, yep. Nebraska, yep. Omaha. The old North, Cent- just, Nor- old North Central Con- uh, Conference area. It, it was Minnesota State at that time. It was Mankato, St. Cloud, uh, Northern Colorado. Just just a great Division II league. So I think I learned a, a lot there. I, I definitely learned how to recruit there. Um, and so I was there for quite a while and then started having, started having a family. You know, sometimes having a family pulls you closer to your own family. Uh, and then I, I went back to the mid prairie area, Kelowna, um, worked, you know, in some business ventures, but, uh, continued to do some stuff and coach with, you know, coach, coach shoulder again. And then from there, uh, I took a high school head job at Williamsburg. We had a great run at Williamsburg. Mm-hmm. Uh, lucky enough to coach my son, Zach, who, you know, uh, had a really good team his senior year. Mm-hmm. And then from there, I just got, got, got lucky and got on here at Cornell. And, and, uh, so I've been coaching for 30 some years and, uh, always somewhat feel like attached to coach Showalter, uh, kind of had a sip to a certain degree, uh, helping run his snow Valley basketball camps. Uh, I have a lot of, a lot of responsibilities with that. Uh, so that kind of goes year round as well. You know, we're always kind of working on that. Uh, we're always kind of working on that to, to be prepared for the next one. And even if the next one's a year away, uh, there's a lot of, a lot of moving pieces to Snow Valley basketball school for sure. Yeah. And so I, I, you know, Marty, I've just been lucky to be always around really good people. I, I've been, I've worked for some really good head coaches, Jerry Schmuddy at Morningside. Uh, you know, I've had great assistant coaches. Uh, but probably more than anything, I just think being in the fraternity that, that I'm in, uh, just what incredible, you know, even I, I go into Cleveland and there's, you know, Jim Boone, you know, yep. the, the pack line guru, you yep. know, Jim and I are good friends. He speaks, uh, uh, coach Flannery at St. Ed's, who was coach Walter's assistant for many years with USA basketball, you know, great, does great job to head coach St. Ed's, mm-hmm. uh, Brian Ansbury, just a, a coach uh, there in Cleveland. So, uh, Mike Cle- Cleansing that runs uh, Hoops Head Podcast. Uh, you know, you just it doesn't really matter where you go. You're going to run into a lot of really, really cool people that you know. And basketball's a wonderful game to uh, 
to to meet you know meet really interesting people and yeah. i'd include you in that and and it's just a special group but i think snow valley probably drives that more than anything as far as just the the people that that i know that i get to work with you know i i was actually kind of thinking of that you know the last couple of weeks dave just just how lucky i've been personally um doing all this this stuff for the last 20 so i think i i I'd have to add it up, but my, I'm, I'm at like 27, 28 years this year. And, um, I, I got a big commitment this week from the oldest son to, to help out with the team this year. So excited about that. And then our, our middle one is, is up at South Dakota state and, and, uh, they're giving him more responsibilities and just, just seeing that and seeing your kids kind of grow into it a little bit. Now there's part of you that says, Fellas, are you sure you want to do this? <laughs> but, but, uh, uh, but the but the good far outweighs the bad. Uh, with the you know, and, and just like you said, the experiences, the the networking. Uh, you you had brought up Coach Show Walter, and 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 you've obviously spent uh, a lot of your time, a lot of your career working with with Don. And uh, you know, I, I we could probably just have one podcast on this next question, and and we'd be all done. But. Uh, you know, try, so try to try to narrow this down if possible, Dave. Uh, you know, what's some of the key lessons that you've taken from Coach Show and and just watching him operate as as a, as a leader, as a coach, as, all the things that he does. What are, what are some of the the biggest takeaways you've taken from him? Well, you know, first thing, you, you don't have to be around Coach Show very long to figure out the 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 best thing about him is he's just an unbelievable person. Um, he's a great guy. Um, he's loyal. Uh, as an assistant coach, he gave me a ton of responsibilities. He, he, he helped me grow as a coach. He, he had, he had, uh, trust in what, what I brought the program. And so just that in itself, and he's got the ability to just juggle about 50 things at once. That's probably one of the most amazing things about him. Mm-hmm. Hall of Fame coach in Iowa, great teams. Uh, and then ends up uh, taking over the U16, U17 youth, or you know the 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 U16, U17 USA national teams uh, goes 62 and 0, wins 10 gold medals, mm-hmm. uh, and now works full time, obviously, with the USA basketball. So he's just a tremendous person, first and foremost. And you know, I uh, and I'm sure you've because uh, I know you got a copy of his book from camp. Yep, but. You know, when you, I've got one just sitting right here in front of me. Um, I'm getting ready to send to a coach. And, you know, when, when the people that talk about him are Mike Krzyzewski, Fran McCaffrey, Jay Billis, George Raveling, Fran Fraschilla, Jay Wright, uh, I mean, that's, I mean, that's incredible. Jay Billis says, this is a man who fell madly in love with basketball. He has tirelessly promoted the game, coaches, players, and fans. He's a true evangelist and extraordinary coach this story about the most unique human being. I mean, that's, that's the kind of praise he's, he's getting, yeah. you know, and in the book, Jay Billis says he's as, you know, he feels he's as good a coach as anybody in the world mm-hmm. and he might be, yep. but we know he's as good a person as anybody around there. So just getting to, to work for him and the doors that he opened up and just how giving he's been over the years. And, uh, uh, but I just think the network uh, the friendships, I, I just think of, of a lot of the people and, and some of it, we create kind of ourselves too, through sure. friendships that, and a lot of it, 
believe it or not, a lot of friendships have, have come kind of through Twitter. Yeah. That that will get a hold of me and uh, they'll they'll figure out. Okay, we need we want to find out more about that Snow Valley. Yeah. And maybe they just aren't quite sure how to approach Coach Showalter, which they would have no problem with. Uh-huh. But you know, I think of guys like Jim Boone and I connected on on uh, you know, and he's like, I think he's in the top thirty all time. You know, he's close to six hundred wins. Mm-hmm. I mean. He's had great success, and he came out and worked Snow Valley. He and his son, Jimmy. Uh, Greg White, one of the better high school coaches in the country, yep. Bentonville West, gets a hold of me through Twitter. Yep. And, like, hey, I like to do – I always hear about the Snow Valley. So, you know, it's amazing the type of people. Then once they get in that fraternity, and you, you can speak to that as well, once yep. you get in at Snow Valley, you're a Snow Valley person. Yep. And and, and once you do – and it was another thing, like at the – Christine Bastini was uh, – she spoke last weekend, and she's worked Snow Valley, and she's one of the national three-on-three uh, three coaches for USA Basketball. Uh, mm-hmm. Daniel Robinson, the head coach of Cleveland State, spoke, and his son went to Snow Valley. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just yep. it just keeps coming back and back, and I'm probably missing some people from Cleveland. Mm-hmm. Um, but but he, but he's he's top notch in in every way, and and the Snow Valley. Uh, you know, he gets a lot of credit for his USA basketball and being a Hall of Fame high school coach. But the Snow Valley model that he took, for, you know, took and fostered even into a better version in Iowa, you know, what Herb Livesey had done in California, you know, just a great coach, Herb Livesey, and what a camp he started in California. But the fact that we're still chipping away with 1,500 kids sold out all four sessions, it, it, it's the way the camps are today. Uh, there's not many overnight. I don't know who else is doing overnight. Yeah, it's it's a, it's a dying breed. That that's for sure. In the United yeah. States, I just don't think it's probably happening. You know, one of the things that I saw with the book signing last week, um, and, and you know, I'd read the book. I'm 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 a newbie when it comes to the whole Snow Valley. I've I've only put in my three years so far, but you know, I'm going to keep chipping away at it, Dave. I'll, I, <laughs> uh, I had. Uh, but I, I wrote this down, kind of that the, the Mid-Prairie Brotherhood. Uh, really, you, you read about it in the book, you, you, you talk to people, but then, but then you kind of, you know, a picture paints a thousand words, as the saying goes. And that was really impressive to me to see all the, the, the players that had come back and just that bond. And, and I think uh, more than anything else, we're, we're going to, we're going to coach these kids for however long they play for us. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. But, you know, one of the things that I know I'm really proud of is staying in contact and having a relationship with, with my players. Now, again, I'm getting to the point where I'm seasoned and experienced enough where some of these kids that I coached are now in their 40s. Uh, and and just I think that if you are truly succeeding as a coach, I think that's a great indication for you, and that's something I really saw with the book signing virtually last week uh, uh, with all the social media stuff. And I, and I think that might be the greatest compliment that you could give somebody like a coach Showalter or any coach is is having that that brotherhood, or in my case, that sisterhood of of those relationships. And and that's something I really saw play out as I as I saw the pictures and everything that happened in Iowa City. Oh, it was an incredible day, and and. Uh... I mean, cool thing about it, like uh, Fran brings uh, a lot of his Iowa staff out for it, and they had a recruit, had a recruit that they had to be with at twelve thirty that day, a big, bigger crew for him, and 
but he, he carved out a little time of his day for that. And just the other people are former players, uh, uh, former parents, uh, you know, former administrators. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just, it was, it was incredible to see all these people. And again, a huge shout out to Jordan Montgomery here. He, he uh, runs Montgomery companies and he's played for us at mid Prairie. Just, just a great guy. Mm-hmm. And he, he speaks all over the, the country. Uh, he's got a, network of speakers in his system and it just he's just killing it right now jordan is is awesome and there's a guy that played for us and played for coach and uh he organizes it all and it's pretty cool to to see all that and then anytime you can see your your former players i think that's always a big bonus in, in what we do for sure and after a while there's so many of them that they're hard to like keeping a great contact with all of them just because yep. it's there's too many of them yep but it's but it doesn't take two minutes to catch up and it feels like you you're just you were just working with them at a practice mm-hmm. and and that's always that's always pretty special too and then you kind of flip that to the snow valley side it doesn't matter where you go i mean if i'm at uh if I'm at a mall in Des Moines or a basketball game in Cedar Falls or wherever I might be somebody's going to come up and say, uh, uh, my son or daughter, they, they went to Snow Valley or a kid will come up and, or you'll see a shirt, yep. uh, you know, you know, the state tournament, you're going to see Snow Valley shirts. Mm-hmm. And, and it's just that part of it's really cool. And, and we, you know, Kenyon Murray, um, played for the Iowa Hawkeyes and father of Chris and Keegan Murray, Kenyon's awesome guy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, former Mr. Basketball in Michigan and all that. And, and we were just talking on uh, Friday at the book signing what it was like when the Twins went to Snow Valley. They weren't very big. Uh, Kenyon actually coached uh, an AAU group that my youngest son, Gabe, who's my manager, one of my managers, Gabe was on that team when they were like sixth graders, the Murray Twins and Gabe. And, uh, uh, and the Murray Twins weren't very big then, you know, and so – just the amount of people that go through the camps and and mm-hmm. and who you get to coach. I think, I think the the treasures of coaching are the relationships. You know, I I'll be honest. I don't really remember any scores. Very, you know, I remember games. I can't. It's funny when I talk to the old players, they can give all these details. I'm like, oh, that must have happened because <laughs> you say it did. But but I can remember messing around at a restaurant or driving yeah. in vans or you know, I, I those memories are etched pretty strong with me and uh it's more the relationships and so that's what you get into coaching for and uh you coach long enough there's there's going to be a lot of relationships i mean it's just that's just going to be inevitable so Mm -hmm. that part of it's fun Mm -hmm. coaches in the omaha metro area Get signed up today for the Metro Basketball Coaches Association Coaches Clinics to be held at Union Bank and Trust facilities out in West Omaha, 204th and Dodge. We've got another great lineup this fall here for Wednesday nights. We're going to get you taken care of. we got a lot of great stuff here. Starting on September 20th, an on-the-court demonstration by two of the best coaches in the region. Trent Miller, the men's basketball coach at Morningside College, and then the highly successful coach of the Creighton Blue Jays on the women's 
inside. Jim Flannery is going to come out and do an on-court demonstration for the coaches in the area. Week 2, September 27th, it's going to be Doug Woodard, the former head coach at Bellevue West and multiple state champion coach there, along with Derek Kellogg, who's an assistant coach at Creighton University on the men's side of the ball. So you've got two great coaches there they are going to talk. On October the 4th, you've got Fred Hoiberg, the head men's basketball coach at the University of Nebraska, going to come in and do some talking, I'm sure, about his offensive philosophy. And then Andy Shaw from Iowa Western, one of the best small, uh, one of the best junior college programs in the country. The last week here, October the 11th, Ken McDonald from USA Basketball is going to come in. He's got a lot of different experiences that he's going to share. And all of this stuff is going to be at the OSA facility at the Union Bank and Trust uh, Arena, 21015 Cumberland Drive out in Elkhorn. Uh, there's going to be wings. There's going to be beverages. There's going to be door prizes. A lot of really, really good stuff. If you want to get signed up for this year's MBCA, uh, get a hold of Tom Crable here at Boystown. The address is 9002 Pacific Street in Omaha, 68114. He'll get you set up, or you can sign up at the door. But it is one of the best clinics that you're going to have. A lot of great coaches, a lot of great company, a lot of great discussions here at the Metro Basketball Coaches Association clinics. So get signed up for those today. So let's uh, let's talk a little Snow Valley here. You are you are knee deep in it every year. Uh, I I'm just this dude that gets to show up and hang out for three or four days. So my job's really easy. Uh, but you and and uh, show and, and and a lot of other people are are running the logistics of this whole thing. Uh, like you said, fifteen hundred ish campers over the over four different sessions. Uh, you know what's what's the uh, do, do you ever get used to the logistics that you have to uh, pull off to 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 make these camps work, Dave? Well, you're used to them. It doesn't make them easier, but you're <laughs> used to them. Uh, I you know through a tragic circumstance has put way more on my plate at Snow Valley, and mm. I wish it wouldn't have. Yep. But the the two owners of Snow Valley we're we're both Hall of Famers, you know. Uh, Don Showalter and Jerry Slykhouse, and they uh, Jerry coached at Port Madison and and made his biggest mark at Cedar Falls, and um, uh, you know they worked the Snow Valley, California, you know thirty thirty five years ago probably probably did it you know for seven ten years, and they decided to bring the concept to Iowa. So the first camp they had was actually here at Cornell College, and they had probably I don't know fifty kids. Mm-hmm. And half are from Mid Prairie, half are from Cedar Falls, <laughs> and then it's it, it, it's grown into what it is today. Yeah. And it was, I think, our 28th year last year. Uh, one year we didn't get to with COVID, and so we, um, Coach Lighthouse was awesome, and uh, he he it'll be six years uh, December 20th. It was he and his wife uh, uh, Jane were were killed in a in a, in a tra- tragic car accident uh, in Kansas. They were on their way to. Uh, to, to winter in Phoenix. And, um, it's just, I'll never forget that day. And, um, the, 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 the tough part of it is losing somebody that was so good to you. And just like coach Shoke, uh, Jerry was really good to me and, and immediately, you know, had to kind of figure out what we're going to do. Um, and I think Don and Vic, Vicky, his wife, they always talk and she will say like, uh, show is, is a classic statement is like, 
I didn't know what Jerry did, and Jerry really didn't know what I did. All we know is it worked. <laughs> and so Jerry kind of handled all, like, the dorms, the security, the food service, the flights coming in, flights coming out, the coaches, uh, you know, all the all the little things. And they just decided that, well, they he didn't really know what Jerry did. Uh, probably the only person that really kind of did was me. And so I, I got I got put into that role. And to this day, I, I, what you, you say, does it, you know, get used to it? I don't, I'm used to it, but, but I, I'm on my best. <laughs> I, I, I give my best, but I give my best effort because I would never not like really put everything into it. Cause I'd be disrespectful uh, to, yeah. to, you know, to, to Jerry's um, memory. So, you know, what we do is, is like, and I think, it did, did. It changed the dynamic in Snow Valley, and so you wouldn't have worked the camps when when Slyke was there. But Jerry did the warm ups. Uh, he had his hands in a lot of things, and Don was, you know, Coach Show was around, and you know, it, it was really their camp, which you know, uh, rightfully so. But when we lost Jerry, I think everybody just thought thought we got to pick up slack mm-hmm. because that's how much they loved coach Slyhouse mm-hmm. and respect to coach show. And so I think it's probably even made the camp better because the ownership of, of, of the other people like Chris Kern and Ken Spielbauer and, and, uh, uh you know, just Dan or, you know, uh, Dick Pate, you know, all the people now even feel like we've got to do more yep. because, you know, you're doing it to honor, to, to Jerry. Mm-hmm. And so I think if anything, it's even brought more ownership to all the coaches. It's funny when you talk to a coach and they talk like, and even if you, you're listening to me, you would think I own the camp or own part <laughs> of the camp. Cause I say we and us yeah. and this, yeah. I'm not, a, I'm not an owner of the camp. Yeah. Now, I'd like to say I run a, a, a big portion of it. I, I do say that, mm-hmm. uh, but you have a, you have a real bond and, and just, a pride that you know if you talk to somebody they they really they really talk like like uh it's their camp mm-hmm. and it is yeah. it is all the coaches and i think that is something i've never i've never captured in any other camp yeah and i think you probably the five stars the uh you know some of the old camps in the in the day kind of had that same same vibe obviously the snow valley california did as well mm-hmm. and but i don't think there's too many of those around anymore where the loyalty to the coaches is so dynamic yeah I, i've kind of told my wife you know just from my perspective again i've only worked it for three years but i'm like you know i i really feel like this is something that now that you you do it and you understand it and you understand the dynamic uh there is a a sense of you know loyalty i think is the best way to say it dave like I I feel like they're depending on me to come back and work again next year because they need me there and I want to be there, you know. Uh, and I, I think there is kind of that, like you said, Dave, there's, there's not very many of these overnight camps for three or four days. Most of it is, you know, wash, rinse, repeat type of thing. And, and there's still a massive uniqueness about Snow Valley where – 
Uh, it's it's all fundamentals for most of the day. They play one game a day. Um, they're up at you know they're up at and we're playing at six fifteen in the morning and and just things like <laughs> Still that. Playing that, at eleven at night. Yeah, you know? exactly. So uh, I I, th- I I think there is a uh, I think there is that that uh, yeah that that ownership of it even as and and and. I'm not blowing smoke up anybody's keister. You just working it for two or three years. I really felt like, yeah, you know, this is this is something that I feel really blessed and and it's unique and and I feel really lucky to be part of. And and there is that kind of like that little nod when you see somebody who's worked at Snow Valley or whatever. Like, yeah, you know what it's like to do it. You know how hard you have to work. And and one of the things that I noticed my first year is every coach there is a good coach, and you then by virtue you work your tail off because you want to do as good a job as the guy or gal next to you is doing and and that just raises the level of your own coaching game so to speak and which therefore helps the kids get better which is the whole purpose as, as to why you're there and i think that another thing that is really great as a coach coming in from the outside you know you get so locked in on your own program and your own kids and that type of thing you go to work somebody else's camp, you're literally doing it for the pure joy of just helping some random kid, hopefully getting better, and you're not getting any payoff from it. You're not getting an extra win or two in your season or on your resume, or hopefully you get a step closer to the state tournament. It, it's, it, is, it is basketball still in a really, really pure state when you when you work a camp like that, in my opinion. It is. It is. And, and I... I, I agree with you on all that. I, I would say this, though. I think it is every bit as much of a coach's camp Absolutely. and, and day-long clinic that that you're investing those four days mm-hmm. in making yourself more prepared for your season. Mm-hmm. So I think, in theory, it is going to add to, to the quality of your product that you put out in the winter. I think it's going to make you a better coach, and it's uh, there's just so much to it. It's, it's funny, though. It's humbling. I, you know, you come to Snow Valley. It's it, it, the, the reputation's so big, uh, you know. And I probably feel pretty good about myself because I've got a big role. And 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 you know, I think I, uh, you know, people come to me for things. It's like it, it's a great way to learn and this and that. And and I'm up and all through campus. I mean, I know the I know the uh, I know the custodial staff. I know yep. the food service, you know, the VP. I know them all. Mm-hmm. And then I'm thinking, yeah, okay, I'm a pretty important Snow Valley guy only only to have this happen to me this winter. Uh, I took my team up to play in the Buzz Levick tournament at Warburg. Coach Paith always runs a great tournament. Buzz Levick was Coach Showalter's college coach and he passed away a couple of years ago, but but Buzz was awesome. So I love playing in the tournament, and I know the security officers so well on that campus. You know the food service people, the maintenance. I I just know them at a real high level. And one of the one of the security officers who I've worked with for fifteen years, <laughs> and you know he's giving me golf cart rides when yeah. he sees me. You know, yeah. coach, come on, I'll get you right. You know, just know him very well. And he's at the game as a fan. Yeah. And, and That's awesome. he sees me walk out with my team and he looked at me and he kind of wait. And I go over and shake his hand and he goes, I, you know, 
Coach, I didn't know, or he said, Dave, I didn't know you coached. I thought you were just a guy that was in charge of dorms. <laughs> that. And, a little uh, humble pie for you there, Dave. There you go. Humble, humble me a little bit. Yeah. I am the official. He's that guy that's just in charge of dorms. And occasionally, <laughs> occasionally in a decision on uh, the food service. And, uh, and, and so it's it's funny. That's, and, uh, that's but, good. But what a what an experience for coaches. And I know we probably have three or four coaches that worked and that were at the, the USA Academy last weekend that, uh, we always offer that. Like if someone's interested, get all of us and mm-hmm. they already, they already have. Mm-hmm. And so we'll probably get some, we, we like having new people. We sure. really do. And, and more often than not, they work out. Sometimes it's, it's not a great fit, but mm-hmm. very, very seldom. I mean, mm-hmm. I think 98% of the time it works, mm-hmm. uh, those two percenters probably don't get the invite the next year because there's a waiting list for coaching too. Yep. yep. And uh, that's, that's just kind of how that rolls. Yep. <laughs> um, a lot of, a lot of people coach their own kids. Uh, you're now at the, again, the, the seasoned and experienced stage of your career where now you have a couple of your boys working for you in different capacities. Uh, what's, what's that experience been like for you? Oh, that's awesome. I mean, my, my oldest son, Zach is my, uh, uh, he's my head assistant coach. Uh, my youngest Gabe is a senior here at Cornell, uh, business major, but he's got the, he's got the coaching bug too. And we, we treat our managers really well. We recruit our managers. So anybody out there really wants to be, you know, I don't even know why we call them managers because they break film down for us. They're in the practice doing things, uh, mm-hmm. We, we give them a ton of ton of responsibility and Gabe's been awesome, but now he's got the bug too. So even with a business degree, <laughs> I think he's going to find a way to coach. And, you know, the cool thing about it is Zach's doing an awesome job for me. Uh, you know, he's, he's coached with me out of college a year. Then he was an assistant for Jim Boone at Sam or at, uh, uh, university of Arkansas, Fort Smith. And I brought him yep. back and he's been with me since, uh, and there's Gabe, my youngest. And, uh, he he really wants to just coach at the high school level. That's mm-hmm. that's what he wants to do. Yeah, I think Zach wants to stay at the college level, and and it's cool that my kids have seen it all. Uh, and there's there's where you go, Snow Valley too. I mean, my kids went to, you know, I, I think Zach went to 21 camps. Wow. You know, you think about that. Wow. Back in the day, you'd do all three of them. Wow. And uh, and sometimes they were back to back to back, and and so my two girls, they 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 just all grew up in it grew with friendships with it and to say snow valley uh is a big part of the the fiber of our family would be, would be an under uh, understatement because because they really is snow valley is a, a big part of, a, of them growing up mm-hmm. and uh but having my sons you know kind of circling back to that what, what a what an amazing opportunity and and uh zach uh if anybody gets me he may not always agree with me, but he gets me <laughs> and he, he's, he's, he's like one step ahead. You know, he's, it's kind of like, uh, you, you, I know you, you get it like the old mash references or whatever. And, uh, I, I'm a little bit like Sherman Potter and he's a little bit like radar probably, you know, or, or one of those. He's, he, he's, he's always, uh, uh, he's always kind of knows what's next for me mm-hmm. and he takes a lot off my plate. Uh, he, he loves to refer to me as the old ball coach. And, uh, I think the players and him probably get a good chuckle about the old ball coach on occasion. Mm-hmm. And, 
and uh, uh, he's he's a, he's a step ahead on things, and and I, th- I think that's a lesson too for for young coaches out there listening to this. You know, make you know make the life easier for the person you're working for. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, that, I think that's one of the biggest roles. The, the biggest role of a an assistant is to be loyal. Uh, you know, we, we're not asking assistants to know everything, we're, but we're asking them to be inquisitive and to learn things and to just be incredibly loyal and and to make the head coach's job a little bit easier. Mm-hmm. And he he does that like incredible. So mm-hmm. it's really exciting to have him. A pen and a napkin university videos are just another way that a pen and a napkin can help you become a better coach. Our university video library is constantly expanding with topics ranging from interviewing for a job to full court defense to 25 universal truths about coaching. Our university videos will help you round out your skill set as a coach and help you hone your craft. Videos are $10 a piece with bundling options available. To order, you can DM me on Twitter. Send me an email at a pen and a napkin at gmail.com or order from our website, a pen and a napkin.com. Be sure to check out the a pen and a napkin video library. All right, Dave, at this point, we're going to switch gears a little bit. We're going to kind of get into your, your basketball uh, philosophies and different things like that. But before we do that, uh, we're going to have the John Wooden quote of the day. Uh, from Wooden, a lifetime of observations. I've got a wooden quote for you here, Dave, and okay. and and uh, tell me what you think of it after you hear of it. All right. So, are you ready, sir? Absolutely. All right. From uh, page eighty-three into page eighty-four of Wooden, a lifetime of observations. The John Wooden quote of the day is: "It is my observation that the primary cause of unhappiness for most people is simply wanting too much." Expecting too much materially, chasing the dollar, overemphasizing the material things. When they don't arrive, unhappiness does. That's a, that's a good quote, and I've been fortunate enough. I was fortunate to meet Coach Wooden two or three times, mm-hmm. uh, and what what a what a person he was. Great quote. Uh, you know, I I talk to our families of recruits. I talk to the families of the kids, uh, kids we're recruiting kids to play for us. We talk about this a lot. Like if the only part of this relationship or the only part of this experience coming to play for us at Cornell is going to be the points you score, the minutes you play, then, then I am really swinging and missing on, on, on having a program. And so I think, you know, that kind of goes into the, like today's athletes. I, I think that's a great quote about make it more about relationships, make it more about the experience, less about less about uh, playing time and, mm-hmm. and, you know, who gets what shot, you know. And I, I think too many people are, uh, and, and agree or disagree, probably agree with that, like parents, their, their day is – the, the quality of their day sometimes is determined by yes. the performance of their child in yep. a game. Yep. And is is that maybe the biggest know, change you've seen, Dave, in your in I, your career? I think so. I uh-huh. back in the day, a parent been more likely to say, "Hey, just keep on them. Keep you know." Uh, today, I think a lot of people just live vicariously through their kids mm-hmm. and. And it's like, well, 
it's it's it must be a horrible experience. So we we've had this with a kid, and a kid told me this one time. One of my players that his dad was was like like I don't know why you're still there. You know they got they recruited more kids in. You're probably not going to play again even this year. Mm-hmm. And the kid was like, well, but I, but I love it. Yeah, <laughs> I, I I love it here. Yeah. I love the team. Yeah, and and we we just uh, we talk all the time about leadership has nothing to do with minutes played or points scored. Mm-hmm. It just has nothing to do with it. Yep. And so some of your greatest leaders that they, they they lead without minutes. They lead without a big scoring unite. Mm-hmm. They they just they get it. And so I think uh sometimes the kids get it way better than the parents get it. Mm-hmm. And and we're really fortunate here. We got great parents and and this is probably more of a high school issue than it is a college. We don't I can't even think of any conversations I've had in the last five or six years about playing time. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I'm not sure I've had any and uh, at least for four years four or five years. And uh, so I think you just got to let kids experience things. And, you know, I think coach Wooden probably was always teaching his kids of the, you can be successful without chasing money and prestige. And I think his message kind of had like a life lesson into it too with much most much of everything he spoke on did and i that's that's a really good quote and mm-hmm. uh uh wouldn't wouldn't thought it coach wouldn't thought it out pretty well i thought yeah oh yeah and and i i i wholeheartedly agree that you know we actually in my in my class this week we we had this this unit we call it social emotional learning at our school and uh, we were talking about careers and jobs and, you know, kind of, I brought out the old quote, if you follow your passion, you'll, you'll never work a day in your life. And, absolutely, you know, and if you can find a, a job that you are passionate about, then, then life is going to be really good. And you got to look, you know, at least past the mind. Now, again, we talked about like, you know, the starving artist is a romantic thing, but you still have to, you know, you still have to have a decent, you still want to have a decent roof over your head and you want to be able to eat something other than ramen noodles. But, you know, follow those passions. Everything else will take care of itself. Um, and and if you're really passionate and you love what you're doing and you're good at it, then everything has a good chance of falling into place. You know, it's not a guarantee, as you well know, and, and most people know, but, you know, that's I, I, that's something we actually talked about in class this week as well, so... Um, we're, we're, we're coming full circle here, Fort Calhoun Community Schools and Cornell, uh, College men's basketball. We're, we're one in the same here, Dave. So that's, <laughs> that's a good deal. So, well, uh, the good, you know, the good, the good programs are going to be more alike than they're not. And the bad programs are going to be more alike than they're not. Yeah. And, uh, you, you fight for culture every day. And, mm-hmm. uh, coach Showalter is famous, uh, to, to talk about culture and, and chemistry, you know, he'll say chemistry is uh, just how you interact and get along with each other. You know, that's chemistry. Mm-hmm. Culture is what you do every day. Yeah. And culture drives your behavior, drives your, you know, how you operate. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, it, it's it, it's it's funny. The all the good teams have uh, they 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 always have it. I, I think I think good. Good teams have a couple things, Marty. I think the culture is always really tight and good. Yep. I think the leadership is strong, and um, I really believe most great. And you, you're a history guy, so you'll you'll know probably better than I do. 
I've been thinking about this a lot lately. I think all great teams kind of have someone that's a sixth man that they don't always the first hand off the bench, but there's somebody that embraces that kind of role and versatility and leadership and toughness. Mm -hmm. I think all the really good teams have somebody. That's why this starting is overrated. I think it's great. You also have to have somebody that just rock solid for you off the bench and, you know, usually more than one, but, but it's the really great teams. You can always point to one person that's like super effective in that role. Yeah. Well, one of the phrases we use in our program is when it comes to roles, no, accept, embrace and excel at your role. And, you know, it's our job for them to know it. And then it's up for them to accept. And then like you're talking about there, Dave, you, you, you take a look at any great team, most great teams, you're going to have a player or two that is probably overqualified for their role, that is a key role, but it's not uh, it's not a glamorous role, but they embrace it, you know? And, and you could say, well, if you were with this team, you'd be scoring... 25 points a game you're really really talented but if that if that overqualified person embraces their role and does their job without a bunch of hullabaloo about it then the the team has a chance to be really really good because you know they're they're overqualified yet they're embracing and excelling at what they're doing and and the key word in, in that thought in, in my mind is the embracing part. Yeah, this, I'm going to do it. This is what I've been called to do. Yeah, I could do more, but I'm going to, I'm going to do this and, and I'm going to be great at it, you know, and, and then they go out and do it. And I, and I think, you know, everybody wants to be the lead actor, but great, great movies are made with overqualified supporting actors and actresses that really embrace that role and knock it out of the park. Well, they dominate the role. You can think yeah. of that, and as you know, the analogy of acting and actor, you know, it's, it's just perfect for it. And you know, I, you know, not not to go down a rabbit hole, but like, oh, we can we can go down have, rabbit holes all you want here, Dave. Let's let it rip. The, the the culture that you have or develop, I mean, it, it, it's hard. I mean, it's it's constantly moving. It, it's it's not an absolute. It's it's not fancy signs and slogans, mm-hmm. although we all have it. I mean, yep. we dress our locker rooms up, and we do this on shirts and this and that. But but the culture is like so so important, and and you got to you know you really got to work on it. You got to mm-hmm. work for it every day. But then you have some sort of uh, things that are kind of absolutes or things that you feel are important. I mean, you have to. And, and everybody's going to be a little different because based on maybe what, you know, somebody might be a little more defensive minded, some might be a little bit more offensive minded, whatever it might be. But you have to, you have like the things that, that are really important to you. Mm-hmm. And, and we, we definitely have. Some are, some are spoken, some are unspoken, some are written down, some are not. But I think everybody, again, that's where leadership can come from any direction. But everybody has to kind of know what winning looks like. Everybody yep. has to be able to kind of define what your non-negotiables are. Yeah. And the young guys don't necessarily know it now. Sometimes you don't know what you don't know. But they should, at a fairly early clip of their career, be able to define what is important to us. 
And then if it's shot selection or shot quality, the shots that we want to take or whatever, that's big for us. But, but then everybody has to be on that same vision. So, mm-hmm. you, you know, if, if this is a shot we want, but, but the new guy isn't very good at that shot, but this is how we play. Mm-hmm. I mean, and a lot of times it's, it's, it's like a fours and fives. Maybe they didn't get to shoot a three in high school, but at college level, you've got to have some gravity to where you're on the floor mm-hmm. and maybe you're not ready for it, but you've got to shoot it. So in practice, we've got to just let people take the shots that we preach. Mm-hmm. But then in the games, we got to play the people that are most efficient at what our non-negotiables are. If that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. So everybody needs to understand it. Everybody needs to understand how, how hard you work, you know, how we approach things in the weight room or, you know, everybody's got to understand that yeah. and everybody's got to be able to define it. And then it's up to us as coaches to, take the people that do the things the most efficiently, the most talented version of those non-negotiable, and that's who plays. Yeah. And it doesn't matter what who you are, where you're from, or what yeah. grade you are. It's just that's how you do it. But you you have to build a program where even that 25th kid on your roster still can tell anybody in the room what's what's important to us. Yeah. And – and there's where I think sometimes, and, and I maybe I've been guilty of that in the past. I think I probably have been. I, I know I have been. Where I I got consumed with the top end of the roster because they were oh gosh we got games coming up this and that. Yeah. But but everybody I think a a, a better running program everybody's going to be able to 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 know to know what we want to do. And so I think that's a big that's a big thing with our culture is identifiable and be able to communicate it amongst each other. Mm-hmm. And that, that's, that's not easy. That's yeah. hard, especially when you don't get a lot of time for that first game. Yeah. So it's a balancing act for sure. Well, and, and I think one of the things that popped into my head while you were talking, Dave, is as, as the head coach or even as an assistant coach, you, you could put up all the, the, the slogans you want. You can put up the posters. You could, you could put it on the back of the t-shirts and you can do all this stuff. But the number one thing that drives your culture and how it goes is how you, as a leader in the program, how you display that culture every day. And you don't get a day off. You, you, don't, you don't get a day off to just say, ah, I just don't feel like doing it today. Because that gives your kids license to take a day off from the culture. And once you take a day off from the culture, it's easy to take two, a day, two days off. And, three, and, then, and then you get down into uh, a place you don't want to be at, for sure. And, and I think that one of the hardest things that you have to learn, especially as a head coach, is you don't get a day off from those type of things. You you have to be that model of consistency. If you want to have a consistent program from top to bottom, it starts with you being consistent daily on your actions, your moods, your intentions, your organization. You that that's that's the uh, that's the burden, if you will, of being the person in charge. And and I think that's a a thing that a lot of people don't understand until you get into that seat. Oh, it's, it's, it, and I think that's great insight on that, Marty. I agree with you hundred percent. And then I think you, you, you flip it back to, to being a, an assistant coach. You have to grow 
and learn this and, and, and do a good job with it and invest yourself into getting better at things. Because if you do slide over and take that seat, you got to be ready. And I think that's a, that that's really important that the head coach has people ready for their next job. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you want to, you want to do a good job with your assistant coaches and give them, give them the freedom to, to grow as a coach. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, that's hard to, to, to let, let go some things on occasion, but then I always circle back coach show, let me do it. So yep. I've got to have the same faith. And, and I really try to do that with my coaches. Mm-hmm. Want to know more about a pen and a napkin and all the resources it offers? Go to a pen and a napkin.com, a great resource for any coach at any level. In addition to our a pen and a napkin university video library options that are available to order, we have hundreds of pages of notes from one-page handouts to book breakdowns to original coaching notes. We also have coaching links, a full catalog of every A Pen and a Napkin podcast, and ways to contribute to the growth of A Pen and a Napkin. Appenandanapkin.com is a coaching resource that will help you become a better coach. Let's uh, let's jump in here, Dave. Uh, let's let's take the last you know, quarter of, of things here. And, and let's talk a little offense here. Let's, let's talk a little transition offense, uh, your half court offensive philosophy. Let's just talk Cornell basketball and, and Dave Schlabaugh's offensive philosophy here. I'm going to kind of take a step back here, let you cook, Dave. Uh, tell us, let's, let's start with your transition stuff that that'll flow into your half court. And, uh, just tell us a little bit about what you guys do, uh, how you implement it, uh, drills, uh, how much time do you spend on just just kind of you know the the floor is yours, my friend, to talk about offense here and and what you do and what you like to do and and when I have a question, I'll try to politely interrupt you and 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 add sure. something here and 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 we'll let it rip from there. But but tell us a little bit about about your offensive philosophy. Well, uh, stuff I like to talk about, so that's a good good topic. Uh, you know, transition. I think you can look at it a couple different ways. Um, uh, I think I've been guilty in the past of really shining and polishing and spending a bunch of time in transition early. Uh, back in the day, it was always a really cool secondary break. Well, we haven't ran a secondary break in, uh, I can't tell you how many years. It's been a long, long time. And I, 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 I always go back to Marty, like every time we're in transition, like we're pushing it or whatever, it never looks like the one before the next one. Yeah. I, I think everyone's got a life of its own. And so I'm getting away from being too patterned about transition. Mm-hmm. I, I'm that makes way sense. More I like that. I'm way more interested in how we spread the floor in our spacing and transition. Cause in theory, we just want to, to start manipulating like defenders getting back you know, how are they going to, you know, uh, I think the days that running back and I, people will argue with me on this and there's no right or wrong way. It's just my opinion that the days of running all back, touching the lane, get to paint and then disperse or whatever, for better terminology, by the time, by the time you do that, people are hitting transition threes on you. Mm-hmm. So it just can't be that way. So we don't run, a, we don't run a secondary break. We just we try to get to corners. So I think the first two guys out, I got to get locked into those corners. They got to get down there and flatten that thing out. Uh, we try to 
we tr- we try to get maybe the third person to to get to a forty five, like you know, just off the slot, mm-hmm. you know, kind of in the high, kind of some stretch spacing there, and then uh, the ball we just want to attack, and then there should be someone coming in from behind to be a trailer. And I think the trailer could be a lot of different things. It could be it could be a guard. I mean, it could be somebody mm-hmm. you like kind of that slow play coming in there on reversal. You can get some guard on guard screening action. I think there's a lot of ways to play that. We don't necessarily rim run. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if you're running to the rim, you, you've also taken at least one person in the lane with you, and we're, we're trying to, to, to get our handler to get it as deep as we can. Um, I, I guess we're, we're, we're trying to draw two on the ball at some point, which means we probably need to get the paint. And then if we have proper spacing and again, spacing, it's just, they got to get used to just kind of putting a little, I don't know, better saying like a, like a dome or just like, there's got to be, you know, if we get downhill, we've got to have guys in corner, probably got to get somebody behind that action. You know, or if we if we if we don't have it and break, we'll run a drag screen with the trailer. Well, then that turns into a pick and roll, you know, which is a great pick and roll because it's in transition. But the thought is a hard roll or a short roll. But you know, we're we're going to manipulate some tag coverage with that roll. You put two, you know, you put shooters on the floor out there as well. Harder to tag off of a shooter, you know. And so I think we're always trying to manipulate the tag coverage, whether it's in our flow offense are in transition but we want to try to get the paint and we want that ball to track too and then we feel like our most uh, efficient threes are when we when we spray it from paint out and, and you know i think part of that is when we grew up as kids barney like how yep. many times like when somebody was you're out with your with your boys or you know i'm i you know you're shooting yourself when you're younger where did the ball come from? Like when they threw it to you, where was it coming from? Usually, back in the uh, back in the eighties, uh, you'd kick it down to the post player with their back to their basket, and 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 then they kick it back out to you. In theory, after a double team or something like that. Yeah, and, I, and I'm even saying just you and a buddy are going to the park to shoot. Oh yeah, we're, well we're, it's we're, coming from underneath the basket. The it's coming inside out. Yeah. yeah. So I think the most natural three is that kick out or spray it out mm-hmm. and, and so i know per synergy it's our most efficient three yeah it's definitely more efficient than than put it on the floor three yep those aren't horrible and some guys make them better than others but they're um, but they're but they're hard to make and they're, and, they're yeah. harder to make even even transition threes or reversal threes yep aren't horrible but our numbers tell us that if the ball gets to paint and comes sprayed out of paint to a three it's our most efficient three well, so that, I, 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 I guess is what we're trying to get in transition mm-hmm. and there's nothing fancy about it and it's just we're trying to spread the floor out mm-hmm. and give some opportunity if we do run a drag we're gonna we're gonna roll and we're gonna try to get someone to have to tag on that and if they tag that means we get not two on the ball we might have one and a half on the roller mm-hmm. you know or are three people on roller on ball. So somebody has to be open on the perimeter. Mm-hmm. And, and I think a lot of the action, wherever you, uh, I learned this years ago when I was, took a team over to, to, to Europe a couple summers in a row, like the, the European players and they, t- to this day are still really good at, at whatever action, if it gets downhill, they like to fill in behind it. 
It's a hard, hard place to guard. Yeah. And so once again, we've got to kind of like circle this thing up on the perimeter around, you know, around the action. Mm-hmm. And then if that just leads us to offense, I think whatever we do, it's all kind of similar. We don't run a ton of sets. We might have just five sets. I don't know. We don't have a lot. Yeah. We'll always do some things out of horns. But when it comes right down to it, at some point we're getting into some sort of a ball screen, I would assume, or we're attacking. And then once we get the paint, we should have three people surrounding that action in in space, mm-hmm. you know, not yeah. on top of each other, somewhat in space. And I would think corners, and I would think something behind it. And whether your offense is, uh, you know, it's like a Euro ball screen type thing or, you know, horns, at some point, the ball's going to get into some sort of an action, whether it be um, uh, we, we try to get things to two-man sides, like empty corner. Whatever we're doing, we're trying to get a two-man side and a three-man side, if that makes sense. I just yep. think that's how basketball's played out now. And if it does get a roll, then we're, it should be harder to tag because we, it's you know it's an open side. It's a two, two-man side on the ball screen. Um and then once, if we tag someone, you know, a lot of times that low man will go tag. Well, then we, we got to spray it to the corner. So we'll always say, like, if you're going downhill with the ball, whether you're just driving it, maybe you're driving it over the top, you get to the lane, and you pull a corner defender, especially if you're, it's out the front, you know, it, it's, it, you're, it's, you're driving it to the right, and the guy's in that corner. It's not like a throwback. It's like you're going downhill, your vision's to, to that ball side corner, I, I, if if our if that defender comes off that ball, I tell our guys a hundred and and I come up with a new number every time, but it's always above a hundred. I'll, I'll say something like a hundred and thirty one percent of the time we throw that dang thing to the corner. And I may not say dang, I might say something else, but uh, I, I just believe that you try to pull, and you can run. Back in the day, we had all these great sets. But everything was constricted, whether you're in some sort of T, you know, like a uh, like a T game where cross screen, down screen, America's play, or you run something fancy, just, uh, you know, maybe single dump, single double off a baseline. A guy can go out and exit either way, uh, staggers, whatever. We still do all that. But in the old days, we tried to draw something up fancy that finally got a guy catching it, maybe with a guy trailing him off of it planting that inside foot at the elbow catch turn and shoot but mm-hmm. it was always on the move well if we could have designed a play that would have just had someone sitting in the corner with nobody on him a long closeout, we did we, we you should have draw you should have drawn that up every time yeah so now instead of like having sets let's just play to space know that if we can attack and get to two, we're big into like Nova finishes, like Villanova playing yep. off two. Mm-hmm. Um, get in there, get to two, and then if you're drawing defenders, there, there should be somebody open on the perimeter, and mm-hmm. then that's just a shot we're gonna we're gonna kick out and shoot. Or if 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 we're making shots now, now our guys on perimeter have gravity where our spacing is is elite. The defenders are now two steps farther away from help you know we've drawn that out a little bit just because we're not just sitting on the line um now if, if they're not coming off 
and you can get to the basket. We would rather get the basket, get fouled, or get the basket and shoot it than we do anything. Yeah. Because that might get us to the line. So prioritize what, what what's good for you, and then whatever you do, at some point you're getting into action. So we, we're more into actions, if that makes sense, yep. with our sets. Mm-hmm. So we might be in a fast break or transition. We don't even call it fast break. You know, we say transition. But if I'm coming down, I could also be driving it hard. I got two on my left. I got a guy in the corner. He can kind of lift. Mm-hmm. He can come set an under ball screen, all that like old pistol stuff. You know, Dave Severns that works for us <coughs> every year at Snow Valley is mm-hmm. big into all that pistol, all that NBA pistol stuff. Uh, or we could just throw it ahead to him. The guy could lift to a wing. We could throw to him. We could ghost cut right underneath it. And that trailer comes right off that ghost rear. Mm-hmm. And then we're setting the ball screen. But you know we're short rolling it because we're in that we're in that side roll area. It's a little different angle. Yeah. And then that first ghost guy will just shake action, lift in behind it, and then what's on the back side is two shooters. You know, so w- we can get to kind of what we want in transition by just doing some actions. Mm-hmm. And again, actions are all like, okay, I could pass, and you know, I, I could uh, I could just bring it down and hold it. My trailer. And that 45 guy can go, like, stagger away, you know, like yeah. the, the Bucks do a ton of that. Yep, you know, yep, yep. Of double screen away, double stagger. Yep. Yeah, so, so you can do that, and you can do that without even really having calls. You just, sometimes the if, if uh, 45 guy sees his trailers coming his way, like, they're going to go down there and get that. Or sometimes we can just reverse it to the big with without getting any sort of ball screen. Mm-hmm. And then... Now the the bigs like a five outlook. You got two on each side. Now he can do all that old Fred Hoiberg stuff, where what we we call it. A lot of people call that Chicago action. Mm-hmm. He can dribble at that wing. The wing can cut that forty five. Yep. Or the wing can go screen the screen the corner. Yep. And the corner comes for a, like a dribble pitch, dribble handoff. Yeah, that's a Chicago oh, yeah. action. What what watched and, a watched a lot of that live last year? Casey Tomanaga made a living off of that. That Chicago down screen and just him and Derek Walker made reads and and just played off of each other that little two man game. Yeah. So, so yeah, we, we do a lot of that kind of stuff. Or sometimes we we do what's called guard back. That that wing won't go screen. He'll just pop back behind the ball for a little you know a little flip behind, and that's hard to guard too. But mm-hmm. the guy can shoot it back behind there. You know, we slip that stuff a lot. Uh, I mean, there's no real secret about how a lot of people are playing nowadays. Mm-hmm. But but when it gets right down to it, I I watched as much of that World Cup as I could. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I'm not I'm talking World Cup basketball, not not not, <laughs> not the other version of it. And uh, the teams, the good Euroleague teams. Uh, I watch a ton of Euroleague ball. I watch way more of that than I do NBA. I've got a season package. I can watch all their games and. Uh, it's just space on the floor. Most actions come off of a two-man side, uh, three-man on the other side. And if it does get reversed, that high guy, that 45 cut, a lot of times they'll cut for the, Euro- the European teams will cut that 45 while the ball screen's still going on, you know. And all that does is is uh, kind of pull those defenders in on that cutter, and it makes like a high logo skip to the the corner you know the corner guy then becomes more open because his partner you know cut within that ball screen and uh it just frees up 
skips. So we're always teaching, like, keep that ball moving. Mm-hmm. Keep that ball moving, you know. Get to an advantage. Find an advantage, take the advantage. You yeah. know, we, we there's no reason to, to, to keep getting to a second and third side just to get the same advantage I had four passes ago. Yep. If there's an advantage, you got to take that advantage. And if you're consistent with how you run in transition – you're going to get some like cross court catch drive. You're going to get some some really good spread ball screen. You know where mm-hmm. where it's really putting two people on an island on one side. So a lot of what we do is just trying to do that kind of stuff. And people laugh all the you know I laugh all the time. Like high school coaches come to our practice and I think they they, they bring their pen and a napkin, <laughs> like we always talk about. Yeah. And uh, they they might only need one napkin that day because we just don't we don't do a lot of stuff. Yeah, we're we're very simple, and and I know you probably get coaches of all levels that listen to this. You had great pods, and uh, I, I think the coaches might be shocked sometimes how keeping things simple is really the way to go. Mm-hmm. I mean, if if you've got I love to golf, Marty. And I'm telling you, I love to golf. I'm, yep. I'm not great, but I can play and not embarrass myself, and I love it. Uh-huh. And but man, if I start having 52 swing thoughts, that ball's going all over the place. Yep. Keep it simple. I'm okay. I don't hit it too long, but I I can find it. Yeah. You know, I can I can find it. <laughs> and I have more okay shots than bad shots. Yep. But if I complicate it. Or if I went to a, a PGA pro and they like, oh, now we're going to do this, your hand, you know, this, and all heck would break loose. Yep. So I think if you're like putting too much on the plate of your kids, I mean, I'll tell our guys, are, are we faster or slower? The more we got to think about and the, and the answer is obvious. Yeah. Like, will we be more efficient? Now, again, I think your offense is 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 has got to have great spacing. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you don't space the floor, it doesn't matter what you're running anyway. Yep. So be consistent with your spacing. Have action. So we have actions, not sets, so to speak. Now, we do have some sets. A lot of it will be on horns or whatever. But, but actions, like I might want Chicago. Or I might want uh, Ghost or, you know, a Ghost screen. Or I might want to uh, – a lot of times in transition – Every now and then that ball side corner guy will come and set a uh, under ball screen, like a step up screen. Okay. Well, the last four times he's passed ahead and ghost cutted right over it. And we, then that wing guy got a ball screen. Well, now all of a sudden that wing guy comes up and sets a, a step up screen. Well, that's a whole nother, mm-hmm. that's a whole nother thing to cover. Yep. And that should put you on a two man side. And a lot of times you want to have some stuff on the backside, like, um, you, 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 uh, ball goes into the post, you know, you know, little split action or whatever you might do. Sometimes it ball goes in the post, you're going to flare somebody or, you know, yep. you just have like ideas and concepts mm-hmm. and that's probably exactly how we do our defensive too. Like, we don't do shell, but we, we, we have something that looks like shell, but it's not like four people in a shell, you know, yeah. it's, yeah. it's like, we're going to run an action that everything's going to start with an action. So we're, we're not reinventing the wheel eighth game in when someone does a double stagger. I mean, we're going to know how we want to defend a stagger. Mm-hmm. And because we do that in our, in, in all of our, we don't even call it shell, whatever our defensive work is. It's always about actions. 
and then you can call things out just without sets like or the guys just get used to like I pass there and blur it or if I cut out you know this is what we're getting into but at the end of the day it's going to probably be a ball screen and we want to manipulate some tag coverage and if we can get the paint we know we should be out either opportunity to score it in there if they don't come in to help or we're going to get to two and spray it to a, to a shooter. Awesome. Uh, that's, that's as complicated as we get. Cause I'm, I'm a, remember I'm a, I'm a 2016 Ford fusion. I'm not, I'm not that shiny Lexus like Don Showalter. I'm, I'm just, I'm just, uh, I just hope my Bluetooth works every day. You know, that's, that's what I'm at. That's where I'm at. And, uh, and I think our, uh, I was just gonna say, and and when Show listens to this, he's gonna be throwing up in his mouth a little bit here. You know, he's gonna be he, he's gonna have a good laugh on that one. So he's gonna have a good laugh, yeah. and that's one thing we do. Yeah, he, he, he did. We were sitting in the Cleveland airport the other night, uh, or in the Chicago, we were in O'Hare, and it was it was Don and his wife Vicky, and and she travels everywhere. That's a partnership. She travels everywhere with it, mm-hmm. and in. Um, uh, and he finally, we were sitting there, and we had a little bit of time before we had to board. He finally just said, it was funny, he, he looked at Vic and he said, you know what? Boy, have we had some fun times at Snow Valley. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it, it's just, it, it just is. There's a lot of memories on that. But but it's amazing, like, the great coaches that, that you can talk to at Snow Valley, where it be a, a Dave Severns or, you know, Mike Procopio, who was Kobe's workout guy. Mm-hmm. Um Dave Bullwinkle with the Bulls, yep. uh, um, Brett Tempton. I don't know if you ever worked with Brett Tempton. Yeah, 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 yeah. Got to know him a little bit. He was he was on the pod, actually. Yep, yep. He, he, he's amazing. But when you start talking X and O's with these guys, you know, Clay Mosier with the, you know, was with the Timberwolves last year, work camp this year, and just great guy. Mm-hmm. It's amazing how simple the deal is. Yep. And sometimes we complicate it for no, for no reason at all. Other than sometimes we want, you know, you should never coach like talking so much, like trying to prove how smart you are to the guys. Like Correct. that's another yep. show deal. Yep. It's like, I don't, he, he, he'll say it too all the time. Like, I don't think kids care about how smart you are. Mm-hmm. They care that you put them in a pretty good situation to win. And they, they care that you care about them. They care that you got their back. Mm-hmm. They're not very impressed that, that you're, you're a genius. And, and I'll tell you another thing. I think this is great advice. Like I'm like my talk in Cleveland was about being organized and we could, we could go, that'd be a whole nother pod sometimes about I'm a guy that's got ADD. Didn't know it. But when I was a kid, they just thought I was hyper. You know, I was, <laughs> yeah. I, I was diagnosed as an adult. So I have to have hacks like to keep myself going in the right direction. Uh-huh. That was, that was my talk pretty mm-hmm. much in Cleveland was what I do, how I organize my files. Like, these big brain ideas at one in the morning, what do I do with it? So I can recall it later and recall might be, you have a great idea in April recall might have to be in November. So I have like an unbelievable, an unbelievable way of organizing myself. Mm -hmm. I I will say it because I work on it every day and, and, and it's just like, uh, if if we're going to do something, and I think this is important, kind of circling back to my, my first thought here was you, you, you're not, you don't, the kids don't want you to be a genius. They want you to be, to, to, to be approachable, to be genuine, to be authentic, have their back. Yeah. So like, we're going to put some stuff in next week when we have a practice 
and we're stealing some stuff from some other programs. Uh, and so I'm not saying I came up with this. Like I'm not masking that going, well, I hope they never watch that division one team player, that EuroLeague team play. Yeah. Cause they're going to know where I got that. Like I show them tons of video of these teams. Yeah. Cause kids are visual. Yep. Again, they don't want, they don't want to think that they don't care if I thought of it. They yep. just want to see that it works and they can tell by video more. They can do anything. So I tinker. So if I see something, we're going to watch a bunch of video. We, we have a, We'll have a, a projector in the in the gym, and we'll turn the lights off. They go off and on. They're the good lights. You don't mm-hmm. have to cool them down, heat them up, whatever. Mm-hmm. And we'll show something. And if it's if it's a team that we're going to put something in, like Olympiacos, uh, we're going to show how Olympiacos ran that or Benavache. We're going to show how they ran it, and then we're going to walk on the court and try to do it. We're going to tinker with it till till it either works or we don't think it's going to work, and we get rid of it, mm-hmm. and then we you know we'll move on to something else. But I think showing people visual cues of what you're trying to get, the end game of what you're trying to do, and don't be too proud to to give credit to where you stole it from. Absolutely. Because we're all Absolutely. we're all stealing ideas. Yep. And so we do a lot of that. I think that might surprise people a little bit too. But uh, you might come watch us practice, the lights go off and the video goes on in the gym. And we're we might be watching uh um, uh, partisan play, uh, you know, uh, Olympiacos at a game and I got like this set or whatever, yep. or see how they changed the tempo of the game or see where their pickup points were defensively, mm-hmm. whatever it might be. And you know what kids nowadays, they, they, they so we have, a uh, like, a it's called Lucio. I don't know if you, Marty, have you ever heard of Lucio? I, I have not. Iowa, yeah, fill me in here. You can you can get Lucio for free actually, or a real discounted version. Now ours is not discounted. How, how do you spell that? Our, uh, it's L U C E O Lucio. So our our playbook we don't we don't make binders anymore. Mm-hmm. Our playbooks and scouts are on Lucio. It's unbelievable. So it, it we've had we've had one practice and we did an offensive install. So our our base offense has now been ran and we do things like snow valley i teach it then we go to two baskets we come back i teach a layer we go to two baskets mm-hmm. our practices look like snow valley mm-hmm. um, but now these different concepts of this offense we have a other college version of it that i'm stealing some ideas we have how we're running it and then all the instead of fast draw which i love too but this lucio has the same sort of like play drawing but it's all animated. So when you when they pull it up, there'll be an icon in a playbook. Like if we call something horns, we got like a horns logo. They they pull it up. It's going to show you hit that. It's going to be an automated yep. uh, play of that, drawing of that. And then up in the left corner, you flip to the clips. Then there might be twenty clips of that of that play. Us running five on all, five on five. Other teams run it. Where where I originally got it from, if I took it from somebody. And so our guys, that's how they that's how they learn and master, hopefully, our plays. Then our scouts are, are handed out paper-wise, but they're all PDF, and all of our scouts are, are on there, too. So awesome. they're, they're on the phone on the bus. You know, they, we, we made it so it, you don't even, it's not something like if we said you had to have your laptop or an iPad, I think that's, that's not today's world either. I think it's got to be on their phone. Now, they can get it if they're – they got their laptop on the bus. We usually have Wi-Fi. They can get it through that. 
but they know they can just get it on their phone mm-hmm. before the game or whatever. It's going to be right, going to be right there. So we're very visual with what we do with our guys, and I want to show them what what it looks like, how we'd like it to look like. And by that, you got to got who you stole it from. You've got to find some of their best clips. Mm-hmm. And boy, is there a ton of stuff on YouTube right now. I mean. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Just so much, so yeah. much on YouTube. And that was part of our Cleveland talk, too, is how I catalog all that. I, I got more playlists. Uh, just was, was on a podcast with a great guy, uh, Matt, uh, uh, down in the Dallas area yesterday. And, and he was kind of interested in some of that. So now he and I have been going back and forth about how, how I organize my files. And, again, I'm not a genius. Mm-hmm. I'm just a guy that, that has to have hacks or it's not going to work. Sure. No, uh, and and because I, you know, I say this all the time. And I believe it. I'm I'm not good enough to not be a grinder. Yeah, <laughs> and I got to be a grinder. I'm just not good enough not to be. Mm-hmm. And and uh, uh, my pedigree is like grind. Yeah. I mean, that's this what I am. And but I think I'm really good about organizing because my my mind never stops on basketball. Probably a lot like yours. And I get some of my best ideas at one in the morning. I don't sleep much or I might get up early, but that great idea I have in May, and it might be something we're going to use. I don't really need it until October. Yeah. But how do I go find it? And I've got lots of hacks to to archive all that stuff. So you talk about a rabbit hole. That's quite a rabbit hole. I went down. (laughs) You know, well, Hey, the, the laptop is fully souped up and we got it all on there. And, and, uh, I'm intrigued by this Lucio deal. I'm definitely going to check that out here because, you know, anything, like you said, you could do to, to, to bring it to the kids in a, in a way that they can understand it, I think is important for all of us to do. So, uh, Dave, great talk this morning. Uh, really appreciate your time. Uh, I've really appreciated everything that you've done for me the last few years, and I look forward to working with you for a lot longer. Um, and, and it's just been, it's just been great to, uh, in some ways, you know, reconnect with you a little bit the last few years. I mean, you were on one side of town. I was on the other side of town there for a couple of years up there and it's in Sioux city. And, and, uh, so it's been great. Um, if, if, uh, folks want to know more about you, know about your, more about program, your program at Cornell, if they want to know more about snow Valley, uh, what are some ways they could reach out to you if they, if they wanted to contact you, you about some of the stuff we talked about today? Go to Cornell College. Go to the athletic website, men's basketball. I, I'll be honest, Marty, I don't even know what my office number is because I never use that phone. Mm-hmm. So I don't even list it. So if you go to, to our website with Cornell Men's Basketball, it's going to have my email address and it's going to have my mobile. Mm-hmm. You can call me anytime. And and that uh, anybody listening, if you got ideas or questions, uh Give me a call. I love talking, love talking hoops. And uh, if anybody in this area wants to practice, are always open. Come on, come on out and watch us. Like I said, don't 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 come with any uh, with any preconceived notion. You're going to learn a million things because it's going to be a pretty simple. You'll be surprised how much we go up and down five on five too. Mm-hmm. Uh, last time I last time I checked, we play a lot of five on five in the games. Yep. So yep, we, we do a lot of that. We do we do a lot of that in practice. And, uh, yeah, easy to get a hold of. And, uh, I, I forgot I was going to mention, uh, uh, I missed you at the gold camp and, uh, USA basketball gold camp in Omaha. Yeah. I did it a year ago. I love doing the gold camps. Yep. Uh, I had to make a decision. <laughs> grandkids in from, uh, grandkids in from Phoenix or, uh, uh, 
jumping in a car with uh, Jason Kern and <laughs> JP, and which would have been fun. Yes. We'd have brought show back with us. Yeah. But uh, grandkids, they, they trump all of that. Yes. So yes. When, when the grad kids are in town, that's that's where I'm going to be. Yep. And uh, but, but that was cool because you, you, you've got to be with some, uh, you know, Raz was down there. Yep. Uh, he was giving me updates. And yep. You know, Raz Vanderloo, one of my best friends, and mm-hmm. he, you know, another guy that to reach out to. He'll he'll help anybody as well. And, and you know, Jason Kern, one of our Snow Valley guys, you know, yep. son of Chris Kern, one of our one of our directors. And mm-hmm. Jason is as good as anybody, yep. anybody anywhere on floor. He's just he's incredible. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and then JT Rottinghouse. So there was a bunch of guys there. Yep. Uh, uh, it was Mo. I, I think Mo, Mo was there. Mo was there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and so just a lot of great Snow Valley people. So I missed it, and uh, uh, I would like to have the weekend working with you, Marty. So I apologize for no, no uh, problem, being, man. Being, being, being grand, being grandpa over the weekend, and uh, e- 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 uh, which is which is really really neat too. A whole other part of my life. So yeah, that's, that's good. But any anytime we can help you or, or help any listeners, uh, we believe in your podcast and. You do an awesome job. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah, working the the, the gold camp was was awesome, um, and uh, you know, hope you know, hope I did a good job. Uh, and uh, yeah, I just talked to, to to show and to Raz about my, you know, just 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 uh, willingness to to help out uh, without a doubt. And and it was uh, it was a lot of fun to do. It was a lot of fun to do, and 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 really enjoyed it. Um, had a good time. So. Uh, yeah, here, here, here's an idea for a, I mean, a great podcast idea is I think maybe Raz and I together with you, it would be, maybe we can even get Jeff Vanderloo in on this too. Maybe we could, that could be a, uh, but I know Raz and I, uh, together, that would be an interesting one. That could you go what, a lot of different directions, oh, oh, but oh. it would be. That'd be a good one. O- Omaha is right in the, is, you know, somewhat in the middle between Sioux City and 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 Cedar Rapids. You you come uh, east to west. Raz comes north to south, and we meet here. And I tell you what, if we, if we could find a way to make that work, that would be that would be a lot of fun. It would probably uh, between the three of us basketball dorks talking. It would probably be the longest basketball podcast in the history of basketball podcasts. It, you know, people uh, it, it, they they'd need an intermission like uh, Gone with the Wind or something like that. Because once we got going, yeah. I think I think we'd really get going. That would be a lot of fun, though. So that uh, would be fun. And, and you know, and, and and Raz is that's another great resource for coaches. I mean, you talk about a guy that gets it. It's not complicated. It's about relationships. That's how Raz rolls. I mean, he is he is awesome with his kids. Yeah, and uh, what what a what a first class way that they do things over there. And so yep. there's a lot of a lot of great people out there doing a lot of good things, and people can't be afraid to ask for help or ask for advice. Yeah, I I think that you know one of the things that I learned very quickly, and it was you know it was a different time when I got into all of this, just like it was for you. Uh, you'd get out the old landline and, and you would make a phone call or, or I, I thought it was quite, you know, it was really amazing kind of coming full circle, you know, reading show's book. I, I didn't realize that, that, uh, Don was such close friends with coach Wooden until I read the book. He had never said anything about that to me. Uh, and, and obviously, you know, him much, much, much better than, than I do. And, and, uh, but you know, if you, if you're a young coach, listening to this 
one of the greatest pieces of advice that, that I can give, and it's it's the way that I've made a lot of connections, the same thing with you, Dave. Just if, if you're curious, if you want to talk to somebody, just email them. You know, today it's so much easier. Just email them or, or send them a Absolutely. direct message on Twitter. And, and don't be afraid to reach out to somebody that you may want to talk to uh, because more than likely – uh, they're dorks like you and I, and and yeah, hey, let's 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 talk here. Let's let's let it rip, and and absolutely, y- you and I are uh, self admitted not that much smarter than anybody else. I, I think the the one thing that we both can that we that we both have in common is we've just seen a lot of things. We've been able to process through a lot of things, made a lot of mistakes. And therefore, those th- those mistakes have made us better. I think, and and I think that's 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 a that's a key part of it. And you, uh, when you're a younger coach, uh, part of the the coaching stuff is working your way through mistakes. You're gonna make mistakes. You have to work your way through those mistakes and then learn from them. And and once you kind of figure that out, uh, the job is never easy. But it becomes easier realizing that you are going to make mistakes and that you have to learn from them and you learn the right way uh, about it. You, you learn how to use those mistakes and learn from them the right way. Absolutely. Great, great advice there. And it's it's something you just got to keep grinding. You just got to keep getting better at. I mean, even us old guys got to keep getting better every day. Seasoned and, and, and experienced, Dave. We're not the yeah, O well, word on a pen and a napkin. Seasoned and experienced. I looked in the mirror today, and I didn't see experience. I saw old. You know, it was early in the morning. I'm trying to figure out a way. I saw one of our nets. One of our nets are torn, and and Coach Zach is gone today. And by God, we got to get a new net up there for that camp tomorrow. So uh-huh. my, my next adventure is I'm going to go find a ladder and try to figure out how to put a, a new net on the rim. So that that that's that's my expertise level for the rest of the morning. Well, well, don't go falling off that ladder, Dave. Please don't do that. So. <laughs> Awesome, do it, so. awesome stuff here, Dave. Uh, if you can just give me a second here, we need to take care of a couple of things here. Uh, again, Dave Schlaba, head men's basketball coach at Cornell College in Mount Vernon, Iowa, uh, does a great job. Just a tremendous man. Uh, just one of the best, without a doubt, one of the best. And, and love talking hoops with him whenever we get the opportunity. Uh, want to thank our founding sponsor, COSAC Chiropractic here. Uh, coaches, again, if you or your athletes are in need of chiropractic services, don't hesitate to reach out to Dr. Kevin or Dr. Heidi if you're in the Omaha area, 402-964-0300. Follow us on Twitter, at a pen and a napkin. Uh, download, rate, review this podcast. Again, give it five stars. Give us a good review. It makes us look good and all that fun stuff. Uh, questions, comments, suggestions, or ideas, email me, a pen and a napkin at gmail.com, and check out a pen and a napkin.com. Uh, we'll be back Later on this week, Tony and I will be doing the coaching staff. Uh, we got a lot of things in the in the hopper here. Going to run something by Schlabaugh here uh, as soon as we get offline here. Um, yeah, and, and just all sorts of stuff. So, uh, coaches, as always, let's be sure to hone our craft one day 